Hi, Love Leaders. It's Dr. Shannon Roberts, your host for the Love Leading Podcast, where we discuss how to create connection in your most important relationship that God designed, bringing health and sometimes healing while deepening intimacy. Welcome to the show. Welcome, love leaders, to the Love Leading with Dr. Shannon podcast. Oh, my goodness. We have such a great show in store for you today. I have a special guest. She's actually a long-term friend. We go way back, I want to say 10s, maybe 20 years. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I just said that out loud. Um, But she is, by trade, an occupational therapist who has transitioned into the relationship and life coach field. Can't wait for her to tell you the story about all of that. She's also a motivational speaker. You're going to enjoy just the encouragement and the motivation that she's going to give you today. And she's a podcaster, um, The Heart of the Story with Tracy Lynn Russell. Um, In fact, I was one of the first guests that I I think she interviewed clear back in um, fall of 2019. But most in most importantly, is just her heart to want to just help people. She's been featured on the Family Talk with Dr. James Dobson. She's going to be telling us about that experience. So without more um, mention of all her accolades, I just want you to get to know her and her herself. Welcome, Tracy Russell. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me here. It means a lot to me. I'm so glad that you made the time to come on my podcast three years later. (laughs) I love it. Well, I I love your podcast, Shannon, and I love what you're doing for marriages. And I have jumped on your um, programs and listened to your content. And I just wanted to jump up and down because it's so great. And I love what you teach and what you do for, for marriages. Thank you so much. So interesting. Let's get started. Let's dive in. Heart, the heart of the story. Tell me a little bit what's behind the the name. Why that name? Yeah. So really quickly, um, I was at a church in California helping women connect to their story and had been asked by the women's ministry leader, can you help our women share a story from their lives? And all the women were so excited, but they wanted to tell me either what they knew or what they wanted other women to do, but they didn't want to tell me about their heart and what things meant to them personally and the struggles that Mm. they really had. And so often I think in the Christian church, we want to tell people what we know and we want to tell people what to do, but sometimes we don't want to tell them about the heart of our own emotions and where we've struggled and how God led us to that place of an aha moment. And then how through that aha moment, what we learned from it and how we can move to action that, but developing that awareness of our emotions and an emotional connection is, is huge, Shannon. It's really, oh huge. my gosh, that is so right. People run from vulnerability, don't they? Cause yeah. it's messy and um, goodness, we fear, we have a lot of fears when we expose, okay, this is good. Yeah. So something about this for you got you to be featured on the family talk with Dr. James Dobson. Tell me about that story. How fascinating. Yeah. So this is the honest truth, Shannon. I was sitting in Rwanda on the other side of the world in Africa, just (laughs) talking at a table like we're doing right now. And a man was telling me his story and I just turned to him 
And I shared with him my story about reconciliation. And I remember way back, like at church times when you had invited me to share my story, the same story I've told for years about just what God had done, bringing my husband and I from being divorced to remarriage. And I said, yeah, I read an interesting book called Love Must Be Tough by James Dobson. And that really was a game changer for me. And he said, well, let's call James Dobson right now. And he no. picked up his cell phone in Africa. I did not know this story. That is said, fascinating. Dear Doc, I'm sitting here at the table with a girl named Tracy Russell. And she just wanted to thank you for all those years ago, writing this book called Love Must Be Tough. Here, Tracy, here's the phone. And I was like, <gasps> so of course I'm, I'm like- I'm talking to Dr. Dobson. Yeah, you're Dr. Dobson. Thank you so much for, I wasn't talking to him. I was emailing him, but I'm telling you my weird voice that was- Yeah, I yeah. As fast as but- I could. And just said, thank you so much. You know, I loved your book. Goodbye. And I just expected like a handwritten letter, maybe a couple of months later, like, thank you for reaching out. Dr. Dobson appreciates your support. Goodbye. Two days later, in the middle of Africa, in the middle of nowhere, I walk out to breakfast and he's standing there and everyone's looking at me really weird. And I said, what's going on? And they said, his producers have just called Africa and they want you to fly with your husband to go meet him personally and go tell your story. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, here I am at this point. I did not have a book. I did not have a major ministry, but Shannon, I had my story and I knew in my heart, I knew the struggle of what it felt like to be this Christian woman that so wanted that Christian marriage. And it just completely blew up. Um, And I knew the struggle of searching to find those answers, finding them, finding God and having him resurrect my marriage. I know the power of what God can do. And so it's important. Listen, before you get too far down the road, because I want to, it's been a fascinating response to this thing, right? And I want to hear about that, but listen, you got all of my communities and, uh, you know, curiosity. I had totally forgot that I had asked you to share your story 20 years ago. Oh my gosh. Um, You have a fascinating story. Do you mind giving us a little bit of the background and highlights? Yeah. I mean, you know, probably similar to a lot of the people listening is I got married with the big dream of uh, white picket fence and the prince that was going to come pick me up. And Mm -hmm. although I had made mistakes in the past and had past relationships, like I wanted to do this God's way. And so after we said our vows and made our promises in front of 250 guests, and I'm like shaking the rice out of my hair about (laughs) my wonderful honeymoon, I could tell that Mark looked really strange, Shannon. Mm -hmm. And I saw that distant look. The very night. Mm -hmm. The very night on the honeymoon. And the next day I just worked up the courage and said, you know, what's going on? And he said, I don't know if we should have been married. And so the dreams shattered. I literally felt like someone had punched me in the chest and in the gut at the same time. And I ran out on that honeymoon deck and I was just like, God, you've got to be kidding me. Like I did not sign up for this story. This is not what I signed up for. And, um, you know, it was a really rough time of just watching my husband completely turn away emotionally. He had things that he had not dealt with from his past And by the grace of God, before I was married, I had dealt with some of those things from my past. Um, But God was so faithful. He wasn't going to leave us there. And um, so through the course of discovering there was unfaithfulness involved, we had a child that didn't turn him around. And really near the end, we called it quits. And I just said, we're getting a divorce. That's it. 
Um, but sure enough, like some women know that, I mean, I had tried counselors. We were through like nine counselors. I had tried getting into church. I had tried friends. I had tried everything. You just kept dragging them in. I was, I was a relentless pursuer of this marriage. And Mm -hmm. when I finally just threw my hands up in the air and was like, God, it's done. I can't do it. One of his friends out of the blue from college, from Florida state invited him to a Bible study. And at the Bible study, some man stood up and said, sorry, our main speaker isn't here. All I've got is my story and I'm going to share it with you. And that's why I believe so much in the power of our stories. stories. Because Mm -hmm. we're actually able to build a neural pathway for another person to realize there's help. Even in our brains, when we know that story, there's, there's hope here. And Mark heard this man's story of recovery and on the spot, he basically was like, I need God and I've messed up my entire life. So all these men kind of came around him. It was a Bible study in wow. South Tampa. And um, these men came around him, were discipling him. And I was a little bit of a tough cookie on the other end at this point. <laughs> By this point, right? I get a little crusty. <laughs> yeah. I, he called <laughs> um, our timetables aren't the same, right? I was a snake. <laughs> but, um, you know, the Lord was faithful. He sent a woman in my life and we did a, a Bible study back then called search for significance. And I think okay. that was one of those oldies that was talking yeah, about Bob life. McGee, something like that. Robert McGee, Robert McGee. Yeah. And it was like truth and lies. And I had mm. a lot of truth and a lot of lies. And I was just like, God, show me what's going on. And, and your, your listeners will have to listen to the story on I don't want to blow the ending, but God brought, I got to have you back because that's that we could do a whole podcast on the stories we tell ourselves. Right. Right. Truth and the life. Oh gosh. Well, we can't. Well, your perception is your story and your story is your perception. So, and our perceptions are flailed until we're somewhere and we get a new mind. Right. Right. So, Okay. So you work through your own transition while he was working through his and then what? Yeah. So God's so faithful to, I had been praying, show me the truth and show me the lies because Mark really wanted to reconcile. And I really didn't. And he was going to an event called promise keepers. Some of your listeners may remember this was from oh, like yeah. years ago oh, yeah. at DC and he had come over and he got out his wallet and he had my alimony check. And I was like, give me my money. I mean, I was just like, <laughs> And, you know, said other things. And he was like, you know, one day God's going to show you that I've changed. And mm. I was like, okay, whatever. Have fun at Promise Breakers and give me my money. Yeah. I mean, how, I promise breakers. <laughs> yeah. how long of a time of period are we talking here, Tracy? We're, We're talking how many yeah. years into marriage when you finally said enough already and you employed some really tough boundaries mm-hmm. to the point where he turned around and now he's begging yeah. reconciliation. Right. Give me a little bit of a right. timeline. Yeah. So I would say the marriage was over the day it began. I'm not kidding you. Like it was that bad, but, um, I would say, um, let's see, I was married. I had my son right at one year of marriage. By the time my son was one, I had asked him to leave. So that was two years into marriage. And I often say I live like a full women's lifetime before the age of 30, because it went, but it just seemed like forever. So we were separated by two years and then probably a few months later, probably six or nine months into that we got divorced so this was nine months after our divorce where we were still oh. interacting as co-parents and things like that. Um, right. 
And so, yeah, so he just was like, God's going to show you. And I didn't believe him. So I head down to a wedding in Fort Lauderdale on 75. Some people know this big street, big one that goes through Florida. And he was up in Washington and I'm listening to Christian radio because it was the only station I could get. And it was just like, <laughs> yeah, because you have to go across alligator. I was on alligator. Yep. Yeah. And I'm listening to this beautiful praise music. And this man was like, you know, some of you have been through really hard times and you've really been, you know, try to stay faithful, but I want to read you the scripture. You know, I, I see your good deeds and I know your good works, but this, I hold against you. You turned your back on your first love. And I had never heard God, um, called a first love before. And I just started bawling because I realized mm. that as much as I love Mark, God was always my first love. You know, when my marriage went south, God put his unseen hand in mine. He walked me through it. Shannon, he yep. sent me the right people. He was with me when I was um, crying my eyes out alone at night. He got me a part-time job at St. Joe's so that I could be an OT and a mom. And like, mm. he covered all my needs. And so I really repented. And then with that, when I was like, God, I'm so sorry, because I couldn't be a believer and be like, so bitter at the same time. It was so awful to say, I love Jesus, but I hate my ex-husband's guts. That was, yeah. it was just such a, I can't explain it. It's a very painful place to be because it's a hard conflict. to coexist in those two yeah. realms. Yeah. And I knew yeah. I was wrong, but I didn't want to really. And so I just like literally just opened my heart to forgiveness because I couldn't get free of it. Mm. And with that, I heard them say on the radio, you're listening to Promise Keepers Live from Washington, D.C. And now we're going to switch to marriage reconciliation. And so I'm like, you <laughs> so he was hearing the same message of the hearing exact same, same time in two different message. states and locations. Wow. We're thousands of miles apart. I'm in the middle of nowhere driving down the street and I'm listening to it. And I can hear these men like <gasps> crying, sobbing, you know, and it was like, men get down on your knees. Cause today's the day God's going to make you the husband and the father you were meant to be. They're like, take out a picture of your wife from your wallet and hold it up to God. Oh, in the days that we had pictures in our wallets. <laughs> pictures in our wallets. Thank goodness it wasn't cell phones, you know, but um, yeah, I, I had known that I had just seen the picture in his wallet before I left. So I knew he had it. So, um, and then I'm like, there's no way. Cause this, I was the girl who had tried everything, you know, and right. I'm like, oh, he probably didn't make it in. Cause they were like, men get closer. Some guys aren't even in, you know, just make more room. And you could hear men just sobbing. And, and I'll never forget Tony Evans getting on and just be like, get back up on your feet, go fight for your marriage. Like you're like Rocky Balboa, like get up. <laughs> You know, and, <laughs> Tony uh, Evans has been at this for a while. Good. I know him. he's the next one I really wanted to talk to right before the pandemic. I had had um, his office was reaching out to me, but I need to make that reconnection again. And Hi, I'm calling all women out there who are tired of mediocrity and lack of freedom. Or maybe you just don't want to sell for plain old vanilla anymore. Maybe you're feeling stuck and tired, and you really truly don't know what it's like to live exceedingly in your mind and in your body and in your spirit. If this is you, join me, Dr. Shannon Roberts, for a live event, Monday, November 29th, where you can begin learning the shifts that you can put into place to truly make 2023 life-changing. So click the link, Join our exceedingly Facebook group and community so you'll have access to the live stream. I'll see you on the inside.
fast forward, God did what he was always faithful and told you he was going to do. And so not to not have that beautiful reconciliation story. um, But you have now been married. How long? Oh my gosh. 20. I'm not good at math. I say I've been married 28 years, give or take a few. How about that? Because I, mean, <laughs> I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, I mean, how do you configure? Do you go back from day one and do you add it all up? And, and Girl, I am a, <laughs> I'm a communications person. I can't do math. I just say I've been married 28 years, give or take a few, like somewhere. And that's intriguing. That's, that's a, that's a hook line. I'm sure yeah. people like, what? Yeah. (laughs) So I say we're well over the 25 years remarried, but I think what I want to say is that, and this truly comes from my heart for anyone that's gone through it. Like my remarriage wasn't my answer. My answer was that God restored my heart. He set me free from unforgiveness because I couldn't move forward without that. And whatever he did, like God called me to remarry my husband, but if I still had the unforgiveness and the bitterness, and if I was going back to the same, like I had a new man, like that scripture, if anyone be in Christ, like he wasn't still in that same banged up state. God had done a work in him where he literally like came back to life. And so I wasn't called to go back into abuse. I wasn't called to go back into addiction or unfaithfulness. Like there was a chance. And the other thing I want to tell people is that God, I was a girl who like was a people pleaser and I had never done anything where I had to stand on my own two feet and listen to God. And it was like, I heard him say like in an inaudible voice, like, I don't care if it lasts two days, 20 days or 20 years, I'm calling you to go back and restore your marriage and love this man and hold your head up high, regardless of the outcome. Cause I really didn't know it was going to be a great outcome at that point. So I just knew that we just knew that you were going to take the next step and the next step and the next step. And so you make such a great point. Um, There are people in my community that are listening that are going, am I being called? And it's so unique, each circumstance, right? For you, you didn't have all these disqualifiers. And for whatever reason, God was able to equally speak to both parties hard at the same time. And you both came up with the conclusion that you're going to work on this. Right. And that is the ingredients of success, right? Right. Right. Yeah. And so I like I have had other friends in the same situation and they have been remarried to someone different. I've had other friends that have been single and are still, you know, called to just serve their family. So it's different for everybody. And it just shows that God can restore you after a difficult marriage, bring your heart back to life again. And on both parts, um, turn turn one spouse back towards their other spouse and and to soften the heart of another spouse at the same time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, okay. So fast forward, you were, it was a three day. I mean, you, you and your husband went to Colorado Springs, right? Yeah. Three day you were on for two. He was on with you for one or back the other way. Uh, So this is the, this is the honest truth. Okay. Before I went there, I had talked to a friend of mine that said, you need to trust the Holy spirit on this because like, a million dollars can't get you in the door with James Dobson. Like most people <laughs> have like national authors, you know, lifetime right? Here right. I am walking in Tracy Lynn Russell with like just my story, you know? And he's such a tender teddy bear. I'm sure he opened his arms and said, Tracy. It was really sweet. And so Mark was just in the studio listening. Okay. Uh-huh. So 
I went in there and it ended up kept going and kept going on two days. And Mark brought, they brought Mark in and clearly James Dobson did not read my bio that I sent in because he hadn't gotten to like the punchline of us restoring yet. And so they just had the camera, they just had the audio running and Mark was in there and Mark started to talk. And so day three was really the conclusion and Mark's testimony. Now, little did James Dobson know, but we had our entire group um, in California praying. It was my heart that Mark would speak. And just to let your listeners know, like I've had just as many emails of people that said like Mark's men reaching out to me, like Mark's day really meant so much to me. And that just happened. That was just a God thing. But Mm. the coolest thing of all is that the story was supposed to be released in November of 2019. It ended up being delayed into February 14th of 2020. Okay. A month before the pandemic hits. Oh, it yes. got released, but it got released, Shannon, to the day of the day. It was on Valentine's Day, Mark's testimony. And 20 some odd years ago, that was the day that I had found out Mark was unfaithful and the day I ended our marriage. And yet God, 20 some years in the future, released Mark's testimony on the very day that the devil meant the biggest evil for me because it was Valentine's Day. And I was like, <sighs> and it's over, Mark. And here God is too many coincidences in this story to not believe it wasn't an ordained plan. I know it was just to me, it was like God's way of saying, and by the way, like this is one for the enemy. Like you thought like what the devil meant for evil, God means for good, for the saving of many lives. And honestly, it ministered to me even after 20 some odd years, you know, that I can't double even portion, right? Double yeah. portion. Oh my gosh. So good. And it's still available for people to go and listen to, right? Yeah, it is. And, um, you need to find that in the archives and I need to post it on the show yeah, notes for can, sure. Yeah, we can post that. And the cool thing about it, mostly Shannon, it's always, um, when we share our stories, it's not really about us. It's about the listener and really the hero of the story is people listening yeah. and how it can empower them. And so the thing that. was that it was released during the pandemic when who would have known divorces, like people's yes. marriages got just screwed and relationships. And so yeah. I love how God used Isolation it. and stress will only crack open the smallest hairline of fracture in the foundation and blow it wide open for sure. Right. Right. And so that made me really happy too, that God could, could use the story at a time when our whole nation, the whole world was really getting put under pressure just to give people that hope. And the letters, the amount of emails I got, it was overwhelming to hear people really struggling and, and so feeling like it was like the dark. second most popular. It or? was the second most listened to for, I mean, it's second most listened to, um, program of the entire year of 2020, it spiked their listenership for like three months. Like, and that just goes to show like when we really take the time to make sense of a difficult story that we go through and really Mm. gain the wisdom and the knowledge and process those traumas and, and go through and, and obtain, do the work, I would say. Yeah. Like that is valuable for other people too. So not just for, and that is such a good segue because I think this Listen, that's your heart when you work with people, when you're on the podcast or when you're coaching is to help people make sense of their story. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I developed a program to just help demystify your story because sometimes it can just feel like a pile of like events and beliefs and my emotion, all this stuff. And so 
we discuss three really critical areas and that's like emotional connection. And we have a tool for that. Your thoughts, what are your thoughts in this and delineate that and actions and how those kind of, where do we start in our story? Like how does mm. some people want to jump to just like, what do I do about this? Whoa, whoa, whoa. So we're going to go back and just make the emotional connection of where we are grounding yeah. in the present and then moving forward with other things. But yeah. I think because everybody can use their life experience because I, I really feel like what God has done through you, he can use to do for others. Oh, and totally. so you help them kind of transition their story into this meaning and purpose, right? Absolutely. It's to find me. And the other thing I wanted to say is that what I've really found that's important is processing a story in the good place, like the power of just being able to go back to a hard time. And when you have those aha moments with God, or like being able to rehearse that, like remembering those things brings about those same neurochemicals and all those good feelings, like access to the good things in life and things God has done. It really gives us the capacity. It builds that capacity in us to face then other hard things and take that, that we've done this before we tolerance. can do this again. Yeah. Tolerance and resilience. Window of tolerance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not, this isn't about um, brain, but you have, are, are very much into um, the brain and how it kind of really works for us or against us, right. but you know, when our stories are in chaos and when we haven't really kind of laden it into a storyline with meaning and purpose, right. it is stored in the different parts of our brain and it still right. activates that chaos or that it's still a threatening storyline that will activate that, you know, fight, fight, or freeze. And when we have the capacity to work through and to do the hard counseling work, and then to bring it to a place of order and rest and peace, right. no matter what the end result of the story is, it does then kind of um, program in it and rest in a different place in your brain. And it's not as threatening. Right. Right. So we know, we know from brain science, we know that trauma is kind of lodged. Some of those experiences are lodged in the right brain. And then that yeah. belief is stored in the left brain. So one yeah. thing that I've been working on uh, is helping people understand that your story is kind of like a mountain. Like imagine you're hiking a really difficult mountain. How do you get to those different levels? And like you said, like, how do I process through that fight, flight, freeze and get to that wisdom, that mountaintop experience. Right. And it's a process and it, it's a slow process, but it's valuable because we start at the base and we work our way up and everyone has a different pathway, you know? That's right. And that's, that's really the imagery of what happens in the brain too. That right. base is your back primitive reptilian right. brain that's in that self-protection and that top of the mountain is that rational abstract brain that makes meaning. Right. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's a great metaphor. Oh my gosh. It's so nice. So as a relationship coach, um, and you are so gracious to give us your time and your gold nuggets, what, what kinds of nuggets can you offer to my community today? Okay. So I'm really excited about this one to share. So back to like that mountaintop. Okay. If you think about that mountain cut in four different layers, Shannon, all the way up okay. to the top, like the base, okay. the middle. Mm -hmm. The secret to a lot of this is looking at the base because we always start at the base and the base is attachment. Yeah. And I think to know that, you know, to make that 
attachment that we don't go through hard things alone to, to lock into God when you're struggling in a difficult marriage, a difficult friendship, a different time in life, not to go alone onto that mountain of difficulty, like to, to develop secure attachment with him and then work from that place to then make those connections, I think is really helpful. And I, I know it in my own life, like when you're alone and isolated, I mean, we just get all out of whack in that place. It's bottom line is don't go it alone. You know, don't go it alone. Like even if it's a friend, if it's attaching with God, which I always think is the upgrade, you know, just <laughs> being secure when you go into hard places, you know, I love that. I love, that's a great message. Yeah. We talk about those three healing pathways in my program and that you can learn, um, you know, skills and you can work through in counseling, but it's with a lot of times a professional or a mentor or a pastor mm-hmm. or a friend. Um, but then you also have that, you know, that God attachment that the research is real, that faith can become curative. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the romantic attachment that becomes such the, the hands and feet of Christ and the stability of creating healing spaces in the relationship itself. But anyway, yeah, also good word. Okay. And so that's the first level. Are you going to tell us about the other three? Yeah, I can actually. Um, okay. So there's attachment. And the second one is limbic system, the fight, flight, freeze, or the, is this good, bad, or scary? And yeah. I think so much of that is, um, like after we're dealing with that atta- that base level attachment, then the fight, flight, freeze in the limbic system and doing even just like simple breath work, grounding in the present yeah. and, um, you know, helping people before they start with their story, just realize that we're going to a good place, like at the top of this mountain, on the top of this journey, it's a good place. And I, I think some people see trauma work or story work like the opposite of a mountain, imagine a crater and they mm-hmm. think, Oh, I have to dig down into all this junky place. Uh, I'm gonna yes. But think about that. I'm going to this mountaintop. I'm going to gain wisdom, insight. Like imagine the perspective at the top of a mountain. It's so mm-hmm. worthwhile. And 360 so degrees. Yeah. Right. Got all the way around. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we're going to a good place and mm-hmm. um, it's worth the work that you do to make sense of your story. Mm-hmm. You know, the next one is the the singular cortex, which is that synchronizing kind of stuff. And then yeah. the very top of the mountain is prefrontal cortex and logic and reasoning and wisdom. And so knowing that when you do your work and you get to this place with God, that it's like that, uh, someone called it epiphany moment. It's kind of like you're going up to make sense of all this stuff that you're going to gain wisdom and insight that will probably help another person and help yourself. Like God has you in that journey and yours is unique. It's not like anybody else's, but you're going to get up there and summit. And then coming down the mountain to share it with other people is important too. So that is such fascinating work. I love it. And I love that you ground it with not only motivation and compassion, but um, science research. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Tracy, you have been such a joy to have oh, on, but I always leave with one question and I know that you're going to forgive me because I like to surprise my guests with the question. Cause I want it to be just like fresh off the bat. Um, but it goes right along with what you've been sharing. Um, so tell me and my listeners, what is the one thing that has gotten you through a dark chapter in your relationship? 
And it, and it doesn't have to be the chapter you just discussed. It can be a different chapter. I mean, just what, what can you give that has been kind of saving this, this um, chapter? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because when I work with people, uh, um, I always tell them when they're rehearsing their story, like speak to the woman that's still in the dark. And so I want to talk to her. If she's that woman that you're still in the dark and your heart is so for a marriage and it didn't work out the way you're mm -hmm. wanting it to, mm -hmm. like, I want her to know that God is coming for her and that hope is coming. And this is not the end of your story. If you trust God and you're attached to him, like you have no idea what he has in store in the next chapter. And so that's, it's, that sounds like that's coming from a personal place of oh, knowing. I know that. And I have to rehearse that to myself in a dark yeah. place because I often feel like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like, are you kidding yeah. me, God? You know, but remembering like that as you're going through that dark place, like the light is coming, you're going to be able to see over the trees and pretty soon you're going to realize that you're in a new place. And so that's a good word. Things. That is a good word. Yeah. I, um, you know, work with those couples that they, both get the luxury and uh, having both people show up and are willing to work. And gosh, that's easy when you got three, you know, the two and me in there and we're, we're all working as a team and we get there and it's 90% success rate, but then there's those, those women and sometimes men and then, and, um, yeah. but you know, that gosh, they, they want it so bad and they can't motivate their spouse to show up at the same time. It's a really tough place, right? Yeah. But they're watching you and they're listening and they're waiting for their day when they get to be working with you too, Shannon. So, yeah. you know, you never know when that next opportunity will be for someone else. So it's a good word. Thank you for that, Tracy. Well, it has been a true joy to have you okay. and tell me if people want to get in touch with you, how do they go about doing that? They can go to my website at tracylynrussell.com. And if they want to send me a message, there's a way to connect with me there and they can send me a message or if they're interested in some coaching, they can let me know. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much again. And Thanks. I can't wait to have you back. Thanks. I would love All right. that. All right. Okay. And then bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening, love leaders. Be sure to check out all our links in the show notes and visit me at shannonrobertscounseling.com. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe so you won't miss any others. Until next time, go lead in loving well.